On New Year's Eve 2009, we decided to come up with goals, not resolutions, for the year ahead. We wanted to take control of our lives instead of sitting back and letting life happen to us or pass us by. Every year since, we've created a bucket list that encouraged each other and worked toward achieving our goals throughout the year. In 2012, we started to document our journey in our blog, The Great Goal Rush. I'm Chris. And I'm Lissa. And this is The Great Goal Rush Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Chris and Lissa's Great Goal Rush Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Chris, the man still waiting for Ralph Northrum to teach him how to moonwalk. And next to me is... I am Lissa, the ground that was moonwalked on Walker White. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's how we start this episode off... I don't think that's how... With I think it's, controversy. Anyway. <laughs> yes. oh, go ahead. Moving on. Really? I said that's how we started off? I don't have any... No, I don't want to talk about that. All right. At all. So how are you doing? Good. How are you feeling? Fine. Life's good? Wonderful. Should we, this is officially our Vaseline section. This, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of things to talk about. Before you start talking about this. I'm things. not going to talk about Vaseline yet. Okay. Well, I, the reason why I call this the Vaseline section is because it eases us into our episode topic. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning, and Vaseline has been easing things in since 19, what? You're talking about <laughs> us? No, just Vaseline. And also, I sh- we should just say that <laughs> this is not a sexual thing. No, that's why you Vaseline. That's you why looked I didn't at know me like I was you crazy. You were going for a year, like. Well, Vaseline is a lubricant, so it eases things in. Okay, are we gonna talk about Vaseline? <laughs> no. Okay. This is our Vaseline section, though. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I did want to talk about the fact that. I went 31 days of January. One of my goals was to not give a shit about pooping at work. And give a shit about pooping? Yeah, not give a shit about pooping at work. I know. You're but still you said, you're entertained by that one? Yes, because you said not give a shit about pooping at work. Yeah, that's my goal. Yeah, We've talked about this. It's the fact that you said shit and poop. I know. Just, go ahead. Anyway, so I have been boldly trying to exercise my right to poop at work without anxiety or butterflies and con- no concern about who was in my in the neighboring stall and i go 31 days without one urge to poop at work i think that's a lie i really do not I, one no. time 31 days i know your body and i know your poop schedule and i know that you most certainly had to between the hours of nine o'clock and five no, o'clock i don't know if like because of snow days no. and hour a couple so 31 hours days well i mean i don't no. work all day every day so it would have only you been work every weekday, day weekdays so I'd have to count the weekdays, I guess, not 31 days, total month. No, I get it. But that being said, you can't sit here and tell me that you have not had the urge I one time. I didn't. I went into the bathroom sometimes hoping it would hit me, and it didn't. I can't help it. If this happens all year, then what am I going to do No, you're, that's not giving a shit about pooping? You're definitely going to have to poop, but I think what's happening right now is if, in fact, you are telling the truth. Why would I lie about this? I just think that... 
I don't know. I think that you're holding it until you get home. But if, in fact, you are telling the truth, um, I think it's a matter of your mind over matter. Yes. And so your mind is telling you, no, you really don't have to. But if this was 2018, yeah, but you, you know, definitely would. You know how poop hits you. It hits you. So you no, okay, no mind that over moment, matter. That moment hasn't hit you. However, there have been times where you've sat down and you're like, you know what? I guess I can poop right now. No. And that moment hasn't happened this year. Yeah, in this but, past month, it has not happened one time at work. Yeah, okay. Well, the moment hasn't hit you. Because I would have tried to. All right. I honestly think we've spent too much time talking about this. Okay. I mean, it's just too much poop talk. Okay. And we're not even five minutes Chris into this. Chris is so um, puritanical when it comes to pooping. Sure, as you can tell, like right now, that... I'm talking about it on a podcast. He doesn't like to talk about toots. That's so stupid. It's, See? Because you, you, you sound like you're 10. You sound like... What do you want me to say? Hold up. You sound like you're four. I do. Mm, exactly. You sound like you're four years old right well, now. Well, what word, what word you would you rather me? me talk about? What word would you rather me use instead of toots? Nothing. Because the conversation like... is stupid. I think anyone who laughs... At fart jokes is stupid, and I judge you this is severely. I, Chris is so so highbrow in his comments. No, I'm really, I'm really not. I just think that it's a stupid conversation. It's extremely juvenile, and you laugh at it. It's like, oh, that's so funny. It's dumb. Do you not laugh when Optimus does it? And then no, I don't. Scoots? No, I don't care his to- because his it toots happens. And scoots? It happens. I don't care. Okay. I think people who sit back and laugh at it, it's like, can't you laugh at something that's actually funny? I think it's funny within certain circumstances, of course. I just don't think it's funny at why all. isn't it funny? No, it's just not funny. You can find, if I find humor in anything. So why not that? That's how I challenge you. Why I, not that? Because I think it's stupid. It's like laughing at someone who has to poop. It's like, oh my God, that's so funny. You're pooping right now. No, because it's the comment. There's a reason why people do that because they have to. Sarah Silverman has. Do you laugh at when people when people burp? No, I said exactly. it's all within context. But it's all within people, the situation. Here's the funny thing, and it's not really funny actually. If you were in a meeting and someone burped, you and then someone said, "Oh my gosh, excuse me, that's so that's so <laughs> gross." You might giggle, but like if it's the wrong situation or whatever, you would be like, that's disgusting. Yeah, I, I would if say that. If someone yeah. farted in a meeting, yeah. you it's would have to depends. escort yourself out because you would pass out because you were it trying not to laugh. Depends. It never depends. It wouldn't be funny if it was me. No. But you can't even laugh at the burping thing because I'm thinking of a recent example of my mom. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Why not? Because it's, it was not... Well, <laughs> The conversation is not bringing us there. My point is, can you just burping for some reason is not funny, but farting is hilarious, and I just think it's stupid. It's crass. It's dumb. It's gas. That's all. It's it is. that. Yeah. It's it's little stupid jokes like that that I, wasn't I think a is stupid just so joke. Dumb. I'm saying I said I'm it's just... crass, and you're like it's no. Gas. I'm saying it's gas. I mean, like that's the common denominator for your inability to find it humor. Yeah, because it's everyone humor. has it. 
everyone has a lot of things, but you still really? think it's funny. Everyone like what? Dry heaving, and yet you find that funny. Everyone dry. Everyone throws up, and yet you find that find, so funny. I don't funny. find vomiting. Everyone, <laughs> you can't even. Everyone, everyone trips, and yet Wait, you, and looks back, nope. and yet you find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find vomiting funny. Uh huh. <laughs> but I find dry heaving hilarious. Because mm-hmm. not everyone dry heaves up here talking. <laughs> Move on. Next conversation. Um, go ahead. Talk about something. <laughs> Talk about something. I, okay, I'm good. I just think that whole conversation is stupid. <laughs> I really do. I think it's dumb. You need to find more joy in everything. Okay. Or great. you take things too seriously. Oh, really? You should not take things Excuse too me. seriously. Excuse me. I introduced myself as the man still waiting <laughs> for Ralph Northam to teach him how to it's moonwalk. It's Northam, I think. I it's said... N- you're putting an R in there. It's Northam. Nor- yeah, you're saying Northam. Like Northam. I don't mean to. Grumman. Like Northam and Grumman. I don't mean to. If I am doing that, I don't mean North- to. It's Northam. Northam. Grumman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean to say Northam, T H A M. We said correct? his name far too many times because this story could turn into something worse than it already is. So I think we should. Yeah, good. By the so time let's, we release, yeah, this. let's moonwalk our way out of it. <laughs> Speaking of moonwalking, yeah, Chris, that's one of your goals this and year, and that's why I said I am the I... guy still waiting for Ralph Northam <laughs> to teach, to teach how... me how to moonwalk. Yeah. Well, how are so you? this is a, a call. this is a call right now to the governor as of this moment right now of Virginia, if you truly know how to moonwalk, like you said you do, and you want a contest over it. Lend a... <laughs> oh, yeah. Lend a brother a pencil. <laughs> you guys don't know what we're talking about, but come come find me and please, sir, teach me how to moonwalk. Actually, I have a plan. Uh, I have a buddy of mine, shout out to Jero, mm-hmm. who said he's going to teach me how to moonwalk. So I'm looking forward to it, and I will be able to moonwalk with the best of them. I hope. That's cool. I, I it, Why does he know how to do it? Because Jero is a man of many talents. Okay. He can sing. He can dance. He can act. Um, he's actually helping me on two goals, actually. That's great. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Um, shout out to Jero again. You got to show me. You remember Jero? I remember you yeah. playing that song. Yeah. Um, the what happens? Do you think with the impending documentary, Michael Jackson documentary? Oh no. That moonwalking will be tainted. <laughs> I will say it's a serious question because the serious question, like, okay, so we all know the whole thing about R. Kelly and how awful he is and this, that, and everything else. R. Kelly is an easy quit. That is someone who, like... Oh, God. I know. There are some songs... There, First off, 12 Play, that album was absolutely amazing. But he's got a couple of songs, actually more than a couple. He's got about five, six, seven songs that are iconic. However, that was still easy to quit. Like, you don't listen to R. Kelly. If the public opinion is to quit on Michael Jackson, that's going to be... Probably the toughest thing ever in terms of music. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know of anyone else that they could say, you know, Michael did this, that, and something else. And no, we can't listen to it. That is truly separating a man from the art. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I still think I am able to, let's say the things come out and he's a horrible human being, let's just say. You can still listen to music and enjoy it. Yeah, it's the, it's not, the way I listen to, just, let's say, for example, Kanye comes on. I will turn it, but let's say I can't turn it and I listen to it. I can enjoy the song and still hate the human being. Yeah. It's, it's easy for me. But if you were to moonwalk in public after, if, if the, if the, well, docu- I don't, hold on, that's okay. if the documentary comes out and it's like, shame, shame, everything related to Michael Jackson. And then I walk into my first block class and I moonwalk and in moonwalked there. moonwalked and everyone's like, boo. First off. And then tweets about how. I'm guessing that half of my students probably don't even know who Michael Jackson is. I'm Distasteful no. it was to moonwalk no. because it represents him. Moonwalking does not represent Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that Moonwalk will ever lose its flavor. A Moonwalk I mean, is a Moonwalk. And also, it's and not like... It I, well, I was going to say that that movement, though, he I, he made it iconic mm-hmm. in, in our pop culture. Uh, some might say too much um, because of every single teenager's attempt to recreate it it's not his fault it's not his fault but my point is that he was inspired by dancers that came before him yeah so that movement was just finessed by him yeah but he was yeah exactly he was not the one to and he didn't have a name before him Mm -hmm. maybe it did i don't know but who cares my the point it wasn't in lexicon Mm. Like, he made it that way. Yeah, okay. So I'm just saying that that it might be just like watching Bill Cosby, the Cosby show, moonwalking might be might be tainted. Eating a pudding pop is still too traumatic. I can't do it. Uh, what am I going to do with my sequin, pa- sequin pants? Yeah, I know. It's tough. Well, we'll see. We'll see when it ha- we'll what see happens. We'll see after the documentary comes I've, out. I but, have no, I have no um, here, real connection to it. I've just heard bits and pieces of it. Well, so here's the thing know. about this is the saving grace, and I hate to say this because this is going to sound really weird and bad, but because the Michael Jackson documentary is going to come out and people are going to see it, because there's no way to actually prove whether it happened or not. People, listen, people are going to find a way out. Like, well, you know. They say it happened, but I don't think it really happened. Like with R. Kelly, he opens his mouth and you see, oh my God, he did it. But because Michael Jackson, unfortunately, is not here anymore, it's easy to just look past it and say, oh, the people are just piling on because he can't say anything. And I, you know, it might have happened, but I don't, I don't really know. So it'll be easy to look past it and say, well, we don't really know. So I'm going to enjoy the music. I think it's going to be a lot easier to do that with Michael Jackson. Um, I don't agree with you or disagree with you, but it does, it does, uh, it, it starts a conversation about like what we are willing to forgive, like what offenses are offenses that we cut someone off entirely as a society or, I mean, like we still continue to, uh, praise Confederate soldiers and Virginia generals. So like, there, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley, like, all yeah, these there, people who are exactly yeah. there. Are, there are plenty people have negative and positive in their yes. lives. It's just interesting what we allow, and it's inconsistent, you know. Oh my, it's extremely inconsistent. It's inconsistent acceptance of people's sins 
versus their... And that goes back to my point. I think it's because people have such a fervor and a feeling for Michael Jackson, it's going to be easy for people to say, mm-hmm. no, 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 he didn't do it. I need his music because right. that music was such an important part of their life. Or it'll turn into like a, a huge generational divide. Like the older people who grew up listening to it, having that huge impact on their lives will still like, will still roll with Michael Jackson. But the younger generation who hasn't been. Right. They won't care. They, they don't they, know his music yeah, as intimately. So it's like, eh, well, right. I never knew him to begin with. Right. So I don't so need to So it's easy to just to. be yeah. done with them. Quick question. Quick answer. Best Michael Jackson song ever. Um, I'm not a musical, musically inclined. Your favorite Michael Jackson song ever. I just have to qualify that because I'm not a musically inclined person. Okay. So I'm not good at this, but, um, I really like, um. You can give me two. Oh, I'm also terrible at titles. Um, uh, shoot, it's a Jackson 5 it's like in the middle when he was between Jackson 5 and off on his own. Okay. Well, unfortunately, since you don't know it, I mean, there's a lot of songs there. Well, I'd have to look at my phone to see the songs. Do you want me to go get it? Is it, it Off the Wall album? That's my favorite album of yeah, all sure. time. Well, give me another song. Um, oh, God, you're making Got me... Got me working day and night? I mean, I, I, there's... I have to look at I'm my I'm just phone asking you for a song. I'm not asking you, like, you can't change your mind. Oh, I, I got it. Um... Blame it on the boogie. I like okay. that song a lot. Damn, of all the songs, that song sucks. <laughs> I really like that, that song. Is song is so bad. Also, reminds me of Break Hotel. That's a good song. That's I a like really that song, good song. But that's not one of my favorites. Yeah. I prefer his disco music. Mm-hmm. Of that's all a really good song. His Off the Wall and then Black and White or Dangerous record album. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite albums. I listened to Dangerous yep. in my little Discman until... Shout out to D- CD Discman it everywhere. burned to the ground. Okay. Anyway, go on. Your favorite. Um, mine are smaller hits that people don't love, but I absolutely love. Number one is Leave Me Alone. Mm-hmm, that's a good I one. I absolutely yeah. love that song. Introvert. The introvert song. Oh, my God. It's my anthem. And, and then, how many, which voice do you like when he goes, leave the me last alone, one. leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. That, that is just, that cranks every single time I hear it. And then Smooth Criminal. That's an amazing song. It's, they're fantastic. And we haven't even got to like. I mean, the serious. Again, the amount of songs that the man came out with is ridiculous. But again, I don't want to. Man in the mirror, when you listen to that, it's yeah, not a song. song. Blows. No, those the message is fantastic, song, but the song blows. It's so good. We're not even talking about. Do we consider uh, "We Are the World"? That's not his song. It. it That's was. not his song. He's a part of the no, song. He it's produced song. and wrote it. It's not his song though. It's him and fifty just other saying, people. I'm just saying, you could still like that song because it was. Can I also say that even though he was such a great musician, boy, did he have some songs that sucked. I personally think Black and White is one oh, of the gosh, worst songs song. of all time. I, and so ironic that he came out with that song. Well, no, that song also has a good... That, that's the one thing that I really like about Michael Jackson music, and they it has a lot of uh, has a lot of political themes, some subversive themes. I can't... Subversive mm-hmm. themes. Uh, and then it was yet... It was still pop music. Like, now pop music is like... 
I'll eat your ass like groceries back in the day. And what is the problem with that? Well, shout out to Vaseline. No, we need to clarify this. <laughs> Just this kidding. Gross. It's a joke. Gosh, um, no one knows them. I'm, I'm okay, so we have to talk about Vaseline just for a quick second, and then we can talk about whatever else you want to talk about. Okay. But one thing that unites us, I would say. Me and you. You and I. Yes. Me and you together, You and I, T-Y, yes. Is Vaseline. Yes. Our love for Vaseline. Yes. As a moisturizing product on our faces. Yes. That is what we've been talking about referring to Chris with and Vaseline. I, it has nothing to do with sex stuff. So yeah. stop thinking about that people. Um, it is something that I have been I have been cu- coming home, taking my makeup off and applying Vaseline every day since I was probably on my face. Every day since I was in college. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time. Yep. And then when Chris and I started Living like I could not live without Vaseline. Yep. I have a little Vaseline container at work. I think I have one in my purse, like just for my lips. Then when Chris and I moved in together, I don't know. You'll have to tell this side of the story. But what got you into it? Um, you know, with Vaseline, it's weird. Like I, I hate, just like anyone else. Like if you get pimples or something like that, it sucks. And. I, you know, people would put on Clearasil, people would put on whatever acne solution that people were trying to sell. And I remember you saying one day, you were like, I put Vaseline on my face all the time and it seems to like keep my skin moisturized and kind of blocks dirt from getting into my pores. And it's... Did, did I say that? You did. Dirt. Okay. You said something to that effect. I would say that a lot of people would say the opposite, that it traps dirt. But, but I don't understand how it tracks it know. if it's it traps it underneath after you put it, like you've, you no know, but dirt. you you clearly have to wash your face first yeah. and then you put it on yeah. so anyway I started doing it and it takes some time getting used to because you look and feel like a boxer in the ninth round mm-hmm. of twelve round fight and your face is glistening but you know you're at home no one's seeing you except for you and. It just keeps your face moisturized, and I love it. I start, and especially because I'm bald, I can go to the top of my head and go Ooh, all the way down so to. Satisfying. It's fantastic. I can go all the way down to my chin. Any part of your body. Yeah, it's fine. It's great. And I started years ago, and I will never look back. Never Welcome look back. Welcome to the club. Back. It's it's amazing. And I kind of worry about this because you know, in a, being a white woman in an interracial relationship with a black. I was supposed to say woman. I was about to say, really? <laughs> Black man. Chris is naturally going to age better than me because of his melanin, yeah. increased melanin. Sure, so sure. I have a problem. There's a part of me that is a little bit jealous. I have a problem with the fact that he's like now doubling up on anti-aging stuff. So at this rate, he'll end up looking like a toddler. Well, it's really funny. Shut up. It's really funny that <laughs> she uses her basic, just plain Vaseline, uh-huh. and I always use Vaseline slash cocoa butter. Cocoa butter Vaseline. Right. And so it was about a couple of months ago when you were like, I don't, I don't think it, you're using cocoa butter. Like I don't know why you're using. And, and then now. No, I I go you back use and cocoa forth. Butter. I go back and forth, but I don't like the smell of cocoa butter. And I also was like, I don't need anything added to my. Uh, Petroleum, like I just wanted a pure. I just want to feel moisturized. Petroleum byproduct on my face. But cocoa butter is fantastic. But if anyone ever asks what 
my beauty secrets are, which I don't have any beauty or secrets, but my the two things I cannot live without. Sunscreen, Vaseline. That's it. Mm. I cannot live without those two things. I can't live without Vaseline. And on a day-to-day basis, like in the middle of work, I would say I can't live without CarMax. Well, I mean, it's the same. It's you not, just, though, but because you, I don't have Vaseline. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Or uh, in, in gum. We're just really chapped people, I think. It doesn't help matters when, like, the real feel outside is, like, negative three. Right now, sure. But anytime. Yeah, sure. I agree. So we're we're quite a sight to be seen if anyone... But that's why this is a podcast <laughs> yeah. and not a video. If anyone were to either look at us right now or any really at any point in the evening when we get home, we slather ourselves with Vaseline separately. We don't, and, we don't do this together. And this is... Uh, again, we're going off on a really weird uh, point here, but this is why I hate looking at sitcoms. Because, like, Everyone's you know, people get the random knock on the door at late up. at night and someone's wearing, like, a dress-up shirt, slacks, and they open the door and it's like, hey, what are you doing here? Meanwhile, I'm wearing my Kurt Angle WWE shirt, my pajamas, and lathered with Vaseline. Mm-hmm. And if someone knocked on the door right now... You'd have to, like, wa- wipe your face off I really quick. I would run to the bathroom and hope that they go away. Yeah. Um, what is, like, when you have put Vaseline on your face... That's like I'm not going out tonight. That's of course. it. But like that's like I'm not I'm not coming out after this. Mm-hmm. Like there's no there's no turning back. No, you can fold up shop. I'm done. Yeah. I put on Vaseline. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching TV. Leave me alone. Yeah. It don't would knock take on it would take door. a lot of effort. I don't even like talking on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, Vaseline like my gets Vaseline, stuck to the phone. My Vaseline's right. on. <laughs> my Vaseline's on. I'm just gonna get stuck to the phone. I'm sorry. I'm gonna feel uncomfortable. Like no, I don't even like talking on the phone. Leave me alone. Piss off. Anyway, that's since. So shout out to Vaseline for all the joy that you give. I wish you were us. sponsored by Vaseline because I would like a never-ending supply of Vaseline. I sent feel to this like house. if you look at our bathroom, we have, we have a never-ending yeah, supply do. of. Mm-hmm. On us again, another small little note here as we're recording this podcast on the TV screen. There is a oh, movie on. It's with Audrey Hepburn, and she's supposed to be blind, <laughs> and she is just. The worst actress I have seen in quite some time. She's terrible. And this... I don't disagree with you. This love that we have for her and her iconic fashion and whatever else she brought to the table. Man, I don't see it. I never have. I never, ever have. She worked very closely with Givenchy for her entire career. And that's what like elevated her to icon status. In addition to the fact that she was in breakfast at Tiffany's again, clothed, clothed by Givenchy, which don't care. So like I 100% agree with you that I think she is an, Oh, I, you've heard me a number of times, but you're just realizing this now. I have I'm not said, just realizing. I've said this plenty of times. She is an overrated actress. Oh, she's, ter- but she's, she's terrible. She's bad. She's not, there's nothing about her. And I think her characters. She's terrible. Her characters are what um, people know her for, not necessarily. If she was at a local play and she acted like this, I would tell you, this actress was awful. Meanwhile, she was, you know, amazing back then. I personally, first off, she wasn't. Um, I personally would rather focus on her humanitarian work and not I'm not her talking acting. about that. But just from her personal, personally, I'm not talking she's about a, her as a person. I'm talking about her as an actress. And what I'm seeing right now is repug. 
really bad. All right. Anyway. Speaking yeah. of acting mm-hmm. and actresses. Chris is a thespian. Well, no. We're getting to what this podcast is truly about. And this was one of your goals that you had for 2018. And that is... Oh, actually, we are leaving the Vaseline section of this mm-hmm. podcast. And we're getting into the meat and potatoes. And that is your storytelling goal that you had for last year. So why don't you tell the CrossFit Chihuahuas all about it? What? How do you want me to start with this? I want you to explain why you decided to make this well, a goal. Okay. And how it's been going well this is this is part of my never-ending mission to help me get over my public speaking so last year public speaking what your fear of public speaking public speaking anxieties yeah so to get me more comfortable i decided to push myself out of my comfort zone and sign up for a storytelling class which was a one-day workshop that um focused on helping these students write conceptualize a story write a story and then tell the story publicly with the ultimate goal if you are so bold to tell that story at a storytelling uh performance Mm -hmm. so it when did i do this it's 2018 i thought yeah it was but it was later last year it's an all-day thing it's a workshop through story district and it was really helpful and um i feel like uh like i have a lot of good i went into it thinking of a few stories to tell like those would be the ones that i would bring up but like what's difficult is and i'm sure you don't really understand this because you're good at it but i can't understand anything you're talking about. my point that. is like you you're, you just don't understand the struggle is that there's a difference between storytelling and just telling anecdotes which like i'm i'm better at telling anecdotes than i am five minute stories and that's what we were supposed to tell by the end of the session Mm -hmm. i got through my story in about two minutes (laughs) and they were like and and then you were reviewed by your peers and the teacher and like well you you finished yours very quickly you have a lot of time to continue if you want to but like because my issue is I am very uncomfortable again the center of attention type of thing that I speed my speech of course and just talking I speed it up so that I can get out of that spotlight as quickly as possible mm-hmm. so it was a it, I wasn't I went into it thinking I'd be really uncomfortable with it but I ended up being more comfortable than I anticipated and I had a partner at one point who was, she either was or still is a videographer for the BBC. And she's traveled to these unbelievably, just the craziest locations around the world, war-torn countries. Uh, and she went into it. I mean, this is her story to tell, but she went into it because she was like, she's always been behind the camera. She, so she's now she's thinking about like, just trying to be more comfortable in front of the camera she's Mm -hmm. one of the few women videographers and um so i appreciated her her sharing that the the, her motivation behind why she wanted to take the storytelling class but i just thought that like she has these great stories to tell why isn't she's not comfort comfort confident enough telling them like it just is amazing that we don't think that we are just wells of information because we're so Self-conscious, conscience, conscious, self-conscious. Do you have a glitch in the matrix? With that one? <laughs> My God. Um, 
you're not alone. I mean, if you look at the, and I, and I mentioned this to my students at school, but if you look at the stats and you look at what goes on with, you know, Americans, the number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Mm-hmm. So people are more afraid to speak in front of people than they are to actually die. So you are most certainly not alone there. And I just, I admire you for taking a position of, you know, you you see it's something that you don't feel comfortable in, whether you think it's a, you clearly thought it was a weakness and you're trying to improve it. And especially because you're an adult so you have to speak in front of people and it's it's important to be comfortable no matter what you're speaking about and things like what you're doing and what you did can only help you mm-hmm. so it makes you better better than what you were yeah i hope so and that i at the same time that i signed up for this storytelling class i've be- brought this up before but i simultaneously it was like the same week i signed up for the toastmasters club at work which i already went into during one of the last podcasts we just real about. quick what it's the toastmasters thing it is a public speaking club uh that helps to uh improve members speech and leadership together and you won an award well we already talked about that last Madame week, so speaker. we don't have to talk about that well yeah sure oh thanks for calling me that this week yeah Anyway, stop watching this movie. I'm not watching it. Trust me, I'm not watching it. Anyway, so um, sadly, though, back to the storytelling class, one of my teachers just found out, not this past week, but the week before that she passed away. Mm. She was this award-winning, acclaimed storyteller, and uh, she told a story in class, and it's like... What's amazing about someone who's really gifted or has trained, I talked to her about how I was so impressed by her ability to just, like, get into it. So it's like Robin Williams when you watch him. Like, he's, he can talk, but once he's in a character or, like, in a comedian, I guess, like, you're, or actor, you just, like, get into that role really quickly. Mm -hmm. And she had that ability, like, she's like, and this is what you do, and she's teaching, and then it's like, then she tells her story, and it's like, totally different tone of voice. She's emphasizing certain words to make it more dramatic. She's just really, like, she was really good at telling the story, and I said to her, like, how do you get into that space? And she said that she, she is not the type of person to be able to wing anything. So she practices, 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 practices. And that actually made, that made me feel really good about my process because I also am not one to be able to wing anything. Mm-hmm. And for her to be as good as she was, and it seemed to be authentic and at the spur of the moment that she, she was sharing these lot. stories, that to know that I'm not the only person who requires a lot of work and preparation when I am speaking in public. Mm -hmm. And she was an award-winning storyteller. So it just, it gave me a little bit of hope. And she, um, yeah, she passed away a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry to hear that. She left quite an impression on me. What was her name? Anne. Oh, yeah, cheers. Toast to Anne. Storyteller. Yep. Anne the storyteller. Um... Yeah, I, I hear you say that story, and for me, I'm kind of I'm motivated by the fear of failing, but at the same time, I love to 
go off the cuff. Like I love to ad lib and I like to You're really good at be it. Be ready for whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't really I understand like practicing. I just feel like if I practice more, I'm gonna mess up because yeah. I wanna get into my head. And she I'm said gonna, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna think like, okay, but this is not how I did it last night. Right. And I'm gonna mess up. So it's like I know my my main bullet point of what I need to discuss. And then I just go from right. there. It's if a, you know your topic, you're fine. If you don't, you're screwed. It's a fine balance of being prepared but also sounding natural. And that's what yeah. she mentioned. It's like she has to listen to herself, play things back to make sure that she – I think she said this, that she doesn't sound like, like robotic or like yeah. rehearsed. So it's then – and then she mentioned the downside of practicing so much is that you get hung up on – I missed that one thing and then like you're totally blown because now your entire yeah, exactly now you're like oh wait what did I miss and you're trying to go back to figuring right. out what did I miss and meanwhile you sound stupid right. because you're trying to just wait and figure out what you right. missed and so it's a again a, a balance between being prepared but also being flexible you know yeah of course um would you recommend this to other people who oh, are yeah. afraid about Afraid, yeah. Afraid of public speaking. I would definitely, I, if you are interested in pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, I would definitely try it out. It's, it's a good skill to have, and you know, just it also made me think about just writing, writing stories. It's something that I've gotten out of since. I mean, I used to, I used to write more when I was younger. I went into, I went to school for journalism. So after I graduated, I started doing more short form writing and more web production that didn't require as much writing but it made me realize that i need to start getting back into writing stories Mm -hmm. so there was that too so not just telling the stories but writing them would you recommend it for someone who doesn't have a fear of public yeah for sure because everyone can help help with help um creating a narrative or because we we did an exercise of just like like stream of consciousness thinking about like writing stuff down, like write every person who's who you've ever met, write the name down of every person you've ever met. So it's just like your brain is just working rapid fire and you go, oh my gosh, like that person who you knew in fifth grade, it popped up on your list. And then you think about like a story that you had with them or whatever it is, but like it makes you think about the, the exercises that they had us do brought up memories that I hadn't really or stories that I hadn't really thought about for a long time. Hmm. And everyone has stories, plenty of them. So how long do you think you'll continue to do this? Um, what part? The storytelling part. Well, I'm done. I only took that one class. This year, one of my goals is to go to a story to- tell- okay. storytelling performance. Got it. Because there's a part of me that thinks, like, maybe I... And there was actually a girl who was in the class who wanted to do take the class because she was going to start a podcast Mm -hmm. and her podcast was going to be about the history of dc and she was doing the podcast alone so she wanted to be able to to, be comfortable yeah yeah. which i thought was really great way to so like everyone had their own reasons for taking the class yeah but i wanted to go to a performance because and there's a part of me that and i think it's weird it's like there's a part of me that think i i think i can do anything but also I, I mean, you can't, can't do, anything. do anything. No, you can't. But I'm like, I could do that. And I'm like, no, I can't. No, you can't. Uh, so maybe you one day can. I'll perform something on stage. And that was supposed to be last year was perform a story on a stage. And then I just, the storytelling class was my what I considered my performance because I was not at a place to do, do it on a stage with a bunch of people looking at me. Mm-hmm. 
But you maybe, think that that's something that I you might know. add to 2020? I have no idea what I'm going to do, but hmm. maybe a TED Talk is in my future. Hmm. Interesting. Well, where I will talk about not giving a shit about pooping at work. Hmm. I think you have to get there first, and then you can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, What's going on with you? I've talked a lot. It's boring. Not talked a lot. What's going on with me? This is your goal. This was something I really think that people need to hear this because, like I said, if the number one fear in America is public speaking, that people who listen to this, you can guarantee that public speaking is going to be one of their fears. I can think of someone like, for example, my mom, she, you know, she's retired now, but she was a very successful professional for, you know, 30 years and she cannot stand speaking in public. So I know that's one thing that, you know, she would have loved to have been better, mm-hmm. like felt better doing it. Sure. So I think that it's, a, it's an important thing. So that's why I wanted to make sure that you spoke about this because mm-hmm. pe- everyone has this problem for the most part. Um, I don't think teachers have that problem. I hope they your don't. Te- you've said before that depending on the audience, your fellow, your colleagues have get nervous if they're yeah. talking to parents versus. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's weird to me, but. Um, <laughs> everyone has the glitch, you no, know. I, I, I don't know. It's, I guess at the end of the day, like if you told me. Like, one of the assignments that I had for my students in my leadership classes, you know, we were talking about public speaking. And so I gave them a minute to talk about a topic that they're really comfortable with. So they talked about whatever. And then I said, okay, I'm going to give you a topic. Yeah. And you've got a minute. You've got to talk about it. Go. And one of the things I said, and they still give me a hard time about it, was fax machines. Mm. They don't know about fax machines. They're, they're too young for that. Who answered that question? Well, a couple students had to, but... What did they say? N- next to nothing, mm. because they don't know much about it. So it's all about knowing your topic. If you know your topic, then I think you're going to be pretty successful. Also, if you don't, you're screwed. Th- another key that I've learned in my Toastmasters club that I may have brought up before is that if you don't know the topic, that's fine too. A, a level of improvisation, like elements of Im- improvisational uh, speaking and your ability to pivot to something else yep. like when there's a section of the the, the club where um, someone decides the the topic of the day so let's just say that it's about carbs because that's my favorite topic so it's like I love croissants what are you what's your favorite carb and then no one raises their hand to volunteer to talk about carbs for an, a what minute. What to do next? And then it's like, okay, Chris, <laughs> talk about carbs for a minute. And right. then you're like, think, consider you're in training right now. Like you're eating your healthiest. Yep. And you're like, you know what? I don't like carbs right now. I'm in training. And then to pivot to some other, sure. like, to, like to quickly pivot, yeah. like that's a skill. And oh, God, I feel like that's so easy. You Because you, you are amazing Give at me an example. Give me something. Talk about elephants. Elephants are an amazing creature. They are humongous. They are unlike anything else with their long nose slash whatever it's called. Um, They have four legs like a lot of things. However, um, they are the one, well, not they're not the one, but they are one of the creatures that 
you don't want to mess with. They're slow, but they're methodical. They also are gray, but if you go close to them, they sometimes can sense like they're brown because they're in this. I'm just being stupid right now. No, I like you. <laughs> now do it for me. Um, talk about. This is going to be good because, like, I'm really bad at this. No, I'll give you something. No, 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 don't. Give me something that, like, it's just a random. Um, Talk about the Tennessee Titans. Um, The Tennessee Titans are Are from Tennessee. Our football team from Tennessee. And I believe that their quarterback's name is Cam Newton. Nope, that would be the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton has little dolphin ears. Okay, that would be the Carolina okay. Panthers. Tennessee Titans are a group of strong men oh who play on a football field and they go back and forth. And their <laughs> coach has issues with his eyesight. Nope. So he wears sunglasses. No, he does not. He wears Ray-Bans. He does not. <laughs> No. And Oakley's. No, he doesn't. And he likes to uh, call the game <sighs> and then throw the flags and then everyone watches the ball move okay, down we'll the stop. field. You, you know, talking about public speaking and, and one of the things, again, that we talk about in my class is, and I feel like a lot of people get this incorrect, is if you don't know what you're going to say, Pausing is okay. Mm-hmm. Pausing is actually really good for effect. If when you lose me is when you say um yeah. or when you elongate words and yes. you're trying to figure out what to say. Yeah. It's like I'm done. That's Make also, it short and to the point, and then pause. It's okay to silence, pause. Yeah. Yes. That's something that we talk about in the class, which I brought up before the club that they we have a counter. So someone is responsible for counting the amount of ums and uhs and filler sure. text, which yep. is. At the end, they go, Lissa, you said 35 ums, which mm-hmm. typically is what I do. And that's my filler text, which is not – it's not a bad thing, but it's good to be aware and of – And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I actually don't use that when I'm at work. It's just with you. <laughs> um, if we ever had shirts for this podcast – Oh, we're say, going to. Oh, you, oh God. I've, I've, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, God. Don't go anywhere If you saw it, Chris's I've, I've got eyes so many now – You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. It's just a bottle. It's a thing, a tube of Vaseline. Yep. Vaseline, CrossFit Chihuahuas, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We got it all. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, um, so, like... I have a would you rather. Oh. Talk. Chris is picking up a would you rather book. And dropping it on the table. Would you rather have 17 testicles or one extremely restless one? One extremely restless one. Yourself? I would rather have... Well, I don't have any testicles, so the idea of having 17 would be kind of fun. Just because I'm going to say 17, but like in reality, an extremely restless one would That's be. That's what we're talking I about. I know, but I just, I like the idea of 17 of them. Would you rather have no nipples or 11 nipples? No nipples. <laughs> What's the point of a guy having Chris nipples? Chris is really against male nipples. I don't understand the point. He's been reaching out to our legislators for the yes, past year. Yes, resist. <laughs> Resist the nip. Resist the nip. For men, there's no point of a nipple. 
They're pointless. Okay. I've got nipples. Do you want to milk me, fucker? Sorry. <laughs> would you rather have... This is the last one. What about you? I would rather have no nipples. Okay. Would you rather have 15 fingers or three tongues? Um... You said 15 fingers uh-huh. or three tongues? Uh-huh. 15 fingers. Yeah, me too. I agree. You can do some things with that. I don't want to know what you're doing with that. No, I mean, 15 fingers, like, for example, like, let's just say holding a basketball, it'd be much easier to hold it because you've got extra digits. What jobs could you have if you had three, three tongues? Taste tester? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, porn, auctioneer, porn star. Yeah, porn star. There you go. Here, sort of. You could do a lot of things. There. Barber. No, that wouldn't make sense. Say barbershop You're quartet. So stupid. You're so dumb. But a tongue doesn't oh control voice. You got three tongues and one voice. Like you just you need help. You could speak a lot of tongue. That's it. You got anything else? I don't. Do you have anything else? No, I don't. Do you feel okay? what you feel okay i feel great you, i feel amazing you don't look like you are what is you... i feel like this the weight of the world's on your shoulders it is just call me atlas tony that is ah. all right i got nothing else i hope everyone has a great day or night whatever you're doing just have a great time doing it and motivational make the world a better place be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. 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 it's taken. Got anything else? Can't sit here. Do you have a quote that you can actually remember and quote? Um, you don't fight fascism to win. You fight fascism to fight fascism. Yes. Great. That's it. Powerful. All right. Have a great day or night, folks. Take it home, Lissa. Ooh! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the a wolf. I don't know. <laughs> See ya. Oh, hold on, hold on. What? A dry heaving wolf. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye. Visit www.greatgoalrush.com for our bucket list archive. And if you want to follow us on social, you can find us on Facebook at Great Goal Rush. Thanks for listening.